Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Amen. We want to welcome you guys here again. Uh, We love you so much. Glad you could join us. We have something very special for you today. Someone very special. Yes, and someone very special. That's right. Uh, We've invited Monica Kelsey from the Safe Haven Baby Box uh, to come and just tell tell us what she's all about, what her mission is all about. And that, that's what we're going to do today. So, Monica, welcome. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we're so glad you could be here with us. Uh, this is just a great opportunity. Um, we watched a brief video about your ministry and just absolutely fell in love with what you're doing um, and your story. And we just want to hear from you, um, you know, how this all started, um, how it's going, and share with us anything that you want to about it. Um, And then we may have some questions for you, okay? Absolutely. So, you know, I I started Safe Haven Baby Boxes um, back in uh, 2013. I came up with the idea when I was on a speaking tour in Cape Town, South Africa. And um, I actually seen a baby safe in the side of a wall in a church. Now, now let me just kind of set the stage for you a little bit. We were in Cape Town, South Africa, which is huge. Um, and we were at the only church in Cape Town that had a baby safe. So there is no denying that I was supposed to be at this church yeah. on, this, on this day. And so, and, and I'm a firefighter and a medic. So I've always known about the safe haven law, but I didn't even know that that boxes existed in other parts of the, 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 in the, in other parts of the world, because this was not in America. And so I couldn't get this out of my mind. And so on the flight back from Johannesburg to um, uh, Atlanta on a Delta napkin, I hand drew my vision of the baby box and started putting a program together with my friend, Pam Stenzel, who is, who is right now my board chair. So, um, and then I went back to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and, and I walked into a builder and I said, Hey, I, I want you to build me this baby box. And he goes, a what? And I'm like, a baby box. I'm going to say babies in boxes at fire stations. And, and it's funny. We joke about this now because he's like, Monica, I thought you were crazy. Like, he's like, you know, and so I, you know, after telling him that I wanted to put these boxes in fire stations to save babies, he's like, well, for $700, I'll build you a prototype. And and so I wrote a check from my husband's account and uh, walked out of there like a boss, you know, thinking I just did this, you know, and, um, and then I had to contact a legislator to, um, uh, you know, make it legal. And uh, in Indiana, um, Representative Casey Cox actually uh, spearheaded the, the the bill and it became the very first bill in America allowing oh, babies awesome. to be surrendered. Yeah. And, and safe haven baby boxes. That's a beautiful thing. Um, one of the things that inspired me so much, too, um, is, if you don't mind sharing it, is your own personal story. Um, that's such a testament. Uh, and I think our listeners would love to hear that from you. Yeah. You know, um, in order for you to kind of understand where the passion comes from and where the drive comes from, I literally have to take you back many, many years to August of 1972. Um, when a young 17 year old girl was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And this of course was when abortion was illegal in our country, even in the cases of rape and incest. And um, I got somebody knocking at my hotel room door. Is this not <laughs> the funniest thing ever? Like, you can't make this up. No. Um, and so uh, um, 
so, you know, she, she was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And of course that was uh, when abortion was illegal in this country, even in the cases of rape and incest. And, you know, she pressed charges against a man who had raped her. He was arrested. He was charged. And if that wasn't the worst of it, you know, six weeks later, she, she finds out she's pregnant and, uh, and at the advice of her mom, she found herself at a back alley abortion facility in October of 1972. And, and while standing in front of the man that was going to take her child's life, the 17 year old girl was strong enough to say, I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she left that place and never looked back. And she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy and then gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child. Um, two hours after that child was born and and that child was me. Um, so my biological father is a rapist and and I don't know my, I don't even know my ethnicity. So, but I'm still yeah. a human being, you know, and I still have value and my life isn't worth less simply because of the way I was conceived, And, and I didn't deserve the death penalty for the crime of my biological father. Yeah. I don't have words. I really yeah, don't. That's amazing. I don't have words to encapsulate that because um, that's such a, a tremendous um, story. And I think it's a beautiful thing that that God took something so ugly and so awful and vile and violent and made something so beautiful. Um, and uh, and someone who's um, kind of paying it forward in an amazing right. way to uh, right. uh, be instrumental in other children making it living uh, making a difference in this world uh, i think that's awesome well and that's truly that's truly what our job is here right. you know and i i often refer to peter you know um in in the in the bible and and i am not a pastor so i mean i'll have peter baptizing people and john the baptist walking on water if i if i don't like really focus on what i'm saying because i'm not somebody that can just repeat scripture very well but you know when you think about peter and the 12 disciples you know the 12 disciples in the in the in the boat you know during the storm of um of galilee and you know they seen this man walking on water and, and Peter says, you know, Jesus, if that's you tell us to come. And, and Jesus says, come. And the only person, the only person that got out of that boat was Peter. And, and you have 11 boat huggers in the <laughs> boat that refused to get out. And, mm-hmm. and, and the only person that got out and kept their eye on Christ, even for a little, even for a moment. I mean, we all know he sank, you know, because he right. took his eye off Jesus, but a lot of people don't realize that he was walking on water when he had his eyes on Jesus. Right. He was doing amazing things when he, when he was, when he had his, his focus on what he really needed to do. And, and so I, I kind of look at my life as I got out of the boat, you know, I could have sat in the boat, you know, and, and hug, right. hug the boat with the boat huggers, but I didn't, I got out of the boat and I'm right. keeping my eye on Jesus. Right. Yeah, I think another important little takeaway from that same message is that you know, we always focus on the fact that that Peter was sinking because he looked at the wind and the waves. He took his eyes off of Jesus. Um, that's only part of why he was sinking, because Peter couldn't walk on water. He was sinking because the same God who enabled him to walk on the water was the same God who was telling him, I'm not going to let you drown. Right. You know, when he says, where's your faith? He, he's not criticizing him, I don't think, for taking his eyes off him for a second. He's saying, don't think for a second that I'm going to let you drown. You got out of the boat. You're here with me. I'm here with you. 
You know, he tells us, yeah, I got you. That's exactly what he's telling him. So not only uh, is he saying, you know, you can't walk on water without me, but he's saying you got to do it anyway because I'm here. Um, And uh, yeah, I just I I thank God so much that that we have people who are like you and like Peter who aren't afraid to get out of the boat and take that walk on the waves. Yeah, I. uh... I, I really appreciate that part of your testimony talking about keeping your eyes on Jesus as well. I was wondering, and I was going to ask you, uh, what was the motivation? What's the motivation deep down in your heart, deep down in your soul for continuing to do this, uh, for having the energy and making the sacrifices of family and all of the things that this has to take from you and out of you? Uh, how do you stay full? What's your motivation was what I was going to ask. I think you answered the question by sharing that that story, uh, but, but I'll ask it anyway. Maybe you can add something to it. What 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 motivates you to keep your energy and your excitement and your love and uh, just keep going? What what motivates you? Well, and I'll tell you, I've 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 struggled with this um, with this journey um, a lot. I've had a lot of uh, attacks from the devil. I have you know been pushed down, but you always get up, you know, Christ tells us to, to, to walk by faith, not by sight. And so I've always, I've always had the, um, the, the, the love for Jesus, you know, that was instilled in me when I was growing up, you know, my, my adoptive parents, you know, we had Bible study at our house and we, I grew up in the church and, and I I did lose that faith for a little while. You know, when I found my biological mother, when I was 37 and kind of learned the circumstances and the horror that she went through, I kind of lost my worth for a moment, you know, because, you know, I, I was whisked into this world by violence and, and then thrown away like trash. And, and so I had to pick myself up and find my worth again. And the only way we can do that is when we have faith in Jesus Christ and we walk by that faith. I mean, we, we're never going to always see where we're going. Well, we're never going to see where we're going. You know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, I mean, uh, when I, when I said yes to, to making safe haven baby boxes, I had no idea that he would take me halfway around the world, you know, but I look back now and I think how blessed am I that Christ gave me this job that he trusted me enough to, to spearhead an organization that is saving his children from abandonment. And, um, and so faith is, is, is solely, um, one of the things that, that has driven me, my family drives me to, I mean, my adoptive parents have just been amazing. Um, I was, I was very blessed, but you know, it is tough to get up every day. Some days when you're being knocked down. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody's relying on me, um, to show up and, and that's why I do. One of the things that you just threw into my head was uh, you talk about um, scripture and being able to call uh, scripture to what you're saying and what you're living and what drives you and what motivates you. Uh, there's a wonderful passage of scripture in Second Corinthians uh, that was in my life at a really low point for me when my uh, wife of 30 years died suddenly of a brain aneurysm, trying to make sense out of that. And I went to Second Corinthians 4. And basically it says, for the light that said, let light shine out of darkness has made his light shine in your heart. So the God that can say, let there be light and from nothing comes light. 
made his light shine in your heart, Monica. And then it says, uh, I've been knocked down, but I haven't been knocked out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've been discouraged, but I am not stopping. I've, I've suffered these things, but I'm not dead yet. Right. And uh, I've often asked people, well, have you shed blood yet? Well, some people might say, and you might say, yeah, I have. Christ shed blood, right? On in, But uh, it, then it goes on to say in the next chapter, and this is, this is what I kind of lived my life by. It's a ministry that we have of reconciliation, to reconcile people to God. You may not even know how much you're doing of that ministry. Uh, because um, Christ's love, the Bible says, compels us to bring people to him, to bring people to life, to bring people to light, to bring people to hope. And that's what I see your ministry doing. And that's why we were so excited to support you in that and to try to bring people's attention to you and to what you're doing. Because it's probably not cheap to make a baby box. I'll bet it's more than $700, right? <laughs> it, it, it's raised in price since the prototype, for sure. Yeah. Can you, you tell know, me a little? Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, and I was just going to kind of kind of tag on to something that you said that's very important to our ministry. And that is we don't take government funds. We don't take state funds. We don't take government funds. And there's a reason for that. Because if I want to pray with a mother on my hotline, no uh, one's going to tell me I can't. Yeah, and you take, when you take money from people from, from the government, they're going to, they're going to give you restrictions. Yeah. yeah. And so I'll tell you what, we pray with a lot of women on our hotline. Um, uh, Pam Stenzel, who's a psychologist, she answers my hotline and works with these moms. And every time she hangs up, she says, can I pray with you? Mm. And I, I don't think anybody's ever said no, you know, and we're not, we're not pushing and, and, and right. just being, you got to go to the, you know, it's like, we're just dropping those seeds and, and telling these women that, that Christ loves you, that he has you, that this is just part of your journey and you just have to trust it. Um, but, but gather around the people that, that truly believe, um, that can walk alongside you. Um, so yeah, so we don't take any government funds, but, um, you were kind of coming up on that with, with the funds. Yeah. We, we are a nonprofit. We just, we just take donations and we do a ton of fundraising, um, to support our ministry. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been a ministry close to my heart. I, I am not, uh, I, I believe in life and that, uh, that, that baby, uh, began his life a lot earlier than some people may believe. Um, but I think that, uh, that there's power in that Monica. There's power in that prayer and there's power in bringing God's name uh, to, to those people. And you just don't know what that seed is going to eventually become, you know, that you plant. So keep planting those seeds. I think it's important to, to know, too, and to encourage you. Um, I mean, that's part of why we want to bring you here is not just to give something to our listeners, but also to give encouragement and strength uh, to you and to what you're doing, because you're saving a lot more than babies. Um, your ministry is doing a lot more than than even what you think that it's doing, because just like it stirred in my heart and in Jack's heart and, and Mike is the one who introduced this whole idea yeah. to us. Um, it, it, this is the kind of thing that helps wake a sleeping church. Um, it's very easy for American Christians, especially, I think, to just become complacent, you know, like the rest of the world. We want to feel good. We want to be in comfort and peace and we want to do our jobs and go back our business and, you know, leave me alone. Don't bother me. Um, 
We don't want to get out of the boat and walk on the waves. And uh, your ministry is helping wake people up to the, the world that's outside of our little bubbles that we get into. Um, and I, I love that because, you know, Jesus needs to get in here and shake us up a little bit. Um, I think that's part of why we deal with some of the stuff that we do in, in our country is because, you know, God's tired of a complacent church. You know, you got to get your big butt off of the soft <laughs> pew and get out there and do something. Um, and I think a lot of churches are doing that. You know, it's it, we're emptying the pews a little bit to get people out into the community. Um, and this is this is just one of those things. Um, I love it so much. One of the things that um, I had a question in my mind when I first heard about your ministry and before I got online and began to research a little bit more and find out a little bit more, and maybe someone that's listening to this podcast might say, well, baby box, what are you talking about? You put a baby in a box? That doesn't sound right. Explain that a little bit. I mean, what does the box look like? What's in the box? What are you doing here? And and you don't have to take 15 minutes or anything, but just can you kind of make that clear to us what exactly and why a box What's going on here? Yeah, well, that and that was probably the biggest pushback I got when I first came to America was people were like, what do you mean we're putting babies in boxes? Like, <laughs> that is horrible. We're going backwards. And, and so I had to bring the stats of, would you rather this baby end up in a dumpster with no alarms and no heat? Or would you rather this baby end up in my box? And so, um, so the box, actually, when we come into a location and we put a baby box in, we actually, in most of them, uh, well, actually all of them are at fire stations and hospitals because there's medical personnel on the other side of that wall. And that's important for a newborn child to have as soon as that baby's place. So what we do is we cut a hole in the side of a firehouse and the box literally slides through the wall. And so the outside of the baby box is on the outside of the fire station and the inside of the baby box is on the inside. So basically baby just travels through the wall and inside there's a medical bassinet and babies placed in there. Average time for babies in our boxes are right at two minutes because we have alarms that go off on this box automatically. Mom doesn't have to do anything. All she does is walk up to the baby box, open the outside door, place baby inside, shut the door and walk away. Alarms are already activating and the box actually calls 911 on its own. And so 911 gets the call. They contact the fire department and tell them you've got a, a, a special delivery. And, um, and then they head to the baby box and, uh, and pull baby from box. The longest a baby has ever been in our box has been four minutes and 20 seconds. And the shortest amount of time has been 45 seconds. So you, you, your, uh -huh. our protocol is five minutes or less. Cause this is a newborn baby, but, um, but yeah, and there's also a heating component inside this box and in uh, and, and an air component. So we keep the, the temperature on the inside of the boxes between 72 and 84 degrees. 84 degrees seems a little hot in the summertime, but you got to remember babies need heat. These babies are just born. They need heat. And so um, a physician actually uh, uh, recommended that we keep it, you know, in that temperature um, uh, frame just in case mom isn't mom doesn't have baby wrapped or, you know, something. Um, but yeah, we've had 12 babies in our boxes in the last three and a half years. Uh, 11 of those was just in the state of Indiana. One of those wow. babies was in Arkansas. Um, when we launched in Arkansas, we only had one box in Arkansas and they got their first baby five months after we launched their box. And so, um, and then we've also had 101 women come through our program 
where these women walked alongside us and handed their child to either a nurse or a firefighter at locations that um, might not have had baby boxes. Um, So we've literally impacted 112 women's lives and their children. How do we get the word out? How do you get the word out to um, a woman on the street or a woman in a bad situation that has a child to know to go to the police station or the fire station or a hospital? We that that's probably my 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 biggest job that I have is making sure that women know of the resources that they have prior to the crisis, because when the crisis occurs, they start reacting in a different way. And so we do billboards. We're in high schools. We're in colleges. Um, We also have students for life that advocate for us, which they're in most of our high schools and colleges. So they help us out. Um, And then um, uh, social media is huge. Absolutely huge. It's kind of funny that we bring up social media. So my board, they were like, Hey, you heard of this new TikTok thing? And I'm like, TikTok, like, is that a thing? And they're like, yeah, why don't you do a video of how the box works and put it on TikTok on a safe haven baby box account? And I'm like, so, okay, well, I'm 48 years old. I'm first, first, I'm going to have to learn how to use TikTok. So I had to get my 22 year old daughter to help me out. But I put a video up on TikTok of just how the baby box works. And it had 26 million views. Oh my. And so it it costs me nothing. It costs me nothing but a little bit of my time down at my firehouse that has a baby box. But 26 million people were educated simply because of a of a TikTok video. Oh, my. Yeah, that's tremendous interest. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that shows your faith. I think God's uh, multiplying everything you do. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I, I have no doubt he has my back because there's a, there's many a days. Well, you know, and I'll tell you, you know, when, when the devil attacks you, he attacks you at, you know, every level. I, when I first started this organization, he was on one level, same devil, one level. Now I'm on a different level with this organization, but I still got the same devil, but a new devil. level. Him. So he attacks at a different level with us now. And so, you know, we're constantly, um, trying to just drive out the negativity, drive out the shame that the yeah, judgment right. these women are, are, are waking up to and, and, and show them that Christ loves them, you know, and, and to push the devil back. Yeah. We love your ministry. Love what you're telling us. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to leave with our listeners? I, I would say that, you know, our organization um, thrives on no shame, no blame, and no names. You know, we're not going to judge you. We are not going to shame you. We just want to make sure that you're safe and baby is safe. And we'll help you do that legally and safely. Um, because if you throw your child in a dumpster, you're going to be prosecuted. And we don't want you prosecuted. We don't want baby to die. So encourage your, you know, your, your listeners to, to, to reach out to us. Let us walk alongside you if you find yourself in this situation. They can call us at 1-866-99-BABY-1. Go to our website. That phone number is all over the place or on our billboards. Um, Or you can text that number. If you don't feel comfortable calling us, text us. We'll text you back and, um, and we'll give you all of your options because truly a mother that is in a crisis needs to know all of her options in order for her to make the best option for her. Well, I want to encourage you. Personally, I think that you're articulate, you're amazing, uh, you're excited, and uh, I think that this is uh, going to grow. And when people see you, meet you, hear this uh, need, uh, the ministry that you're doing, uh, I just pray that God blesses you and that old devil is defeated every time. 
Well, and and well, and my book just came out. I don't know if you guys know this, but my book came out in May. It's called blessed to have been abandoned the story of the baby box. lady. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I punched the devil right in his face because that book became a bestseller 20 days after it launched. And so, yeah, so the devil is, you know, he knows my name and, and I'm okay with that because I, 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 I give it back just as much as, as he kind of gives it to me, but, um, but yeah, you know, if you'd like to know the journey of safe haven baby boxes or my journey personally from being adopted to finding my biological mother, to learning the circumstances, it's called blessed to have been abandoned. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Monica, thank you so much for being with us. This has been just great. Um, you know, we're here to people are glad to have heard her. That's right. And not us. So (laughs) this is probably the best one we've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, that is a fact. Um, you know, we're going to have links to your website. Um, we put, we'll put an Amazon link to your book in there as well. Um, and just thank you so much, uh, to our listeners. Thank you for being here with us guys. Um, as always, we love you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Feel free to reach out to us at connect at Jack and John podcast.com. And we'll see you next time. Yep. God bless you. Yeah.